Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of the Unidentified Alien Podcast, UAP. It is time. I'm Stephen Diener. Over there is Karen Curtis. Hi, Karen. Hi, Stephen. How are you today? I'm super good. Awesome. I am. I'll tell you what. We're always excited about doing these different episodes and the different things and crazy stories that we find and come across. I have been sitting on this one, okay? <laughs> I don't know. You guys need to prepare yourselves for this one. This is a doozy. This is something in the interest of full disclosure, because that's what we're about here. We're that's all, right. Yes. All about full disclosure. Unlike, you know, the government, but that's a different story. So, you know, look, the government obviously has been hiding the truth about all this stuff for a long time, at least in our opinion. And even so much so that they finally had some type of disclosure back in July, which was kind of the start of this podcast and why we decided to do it to begin with. But one thing that I've been sitting on has been this story about a man named Andrew Basciago. And this is a guy that is extremely fascinating, might be crazy. He's a wackadoodle. Might be a pathological liar and making things up. But that's why we do this because... You you decide. You decide. We present you with a story and you decide if it's something that is credible or if it sounds too crazy to be true. And today is one of those cases. It is. And of course, I want to start with a UAP factoid, Stephen. Oh, yes, please. Just breaking now. Oh. China working on a complex mission to collect Mars rock samples and deliver them to Earth by building on the successes of recent Moon and Mars missions. Wow. So the mission's likely to be named Taiwan 2. Okay. It could launch as soon as 2028 with the goal of returning samples around 2030. Wow. Such a mission has never before been attempted. However, Stephen, yes. there's a leading competitor in what would be seen as a race to Mars and back. And I would think that's probably Elon Musk? Yeah, it's us. NASA and okay. <laughs> ESA yeah. are already collaborating to conduct a Mars sample return mission. And mm. the Perseverance rover, of course, we had sound of that. And it touched down on Mars on February in September, and it was collecting its first samples for ten- potential to later delivery to Earth. So, nah, Wow. How about that? But you know what? Somebody already beat us to it. The other major component of my truth campaign has been to establish not only the fact that Mars is an inhabited planet, but that our government, the United States government, has been sending U.S. chrononauts to the planet Mars since the late 1970s and has established a secret colony there. (laughs) Well, that's a way to start off the subject, isn't it? Wait, wait, wait. There's more. Here's this image. We have one of the Martian life forms that I call plesiosaurs, because they're very similar to the plesiosaurs that uh, were rife on this planet before the KT extinction event. 
I wonder if the Chinese will send one of those plesiosaurs back. So this is so fascinating. So that right there was Andrew Basiago. So we're we are we're in the thick of it now. Okay, so that we just kind of threw I mean, who that is at this you. Guy? So this guy, and he talked about the plesiosaurs, which is something that I will have on our UAP blog. The picture. Yes, the picture of the supposed plesiosaurus, which he says is a creature on Mars that was captured by the Mars rover. Right. So wait, he has a photograph. He has photographic evidence of this. Uh, well, he took the picture that the Mars yeah. rover took In and says bathroom. that's what it is. <laughs> so I will have that on the UAP blog, 850WFTL.com. You can find all the images that we talk about from the, each episode as well as any past episode that you might have missed or wanted to listen to and haven't been able to yet. So you can we always prefer, find it there. We dip in back and forth because right. we're going to talk about teleportation. We already did that. So you're, you, you might want to check out past episodes that kind of elaborate on what we're talking about now. Right, yeah. Yes, you're right. We do refer back to a lot of previous episodes. So this guy, Angie Basiago, again, nice introduction there to him. He's talking about the word chrononaut. You heard that there. You probably heard, what the heck is that? So first, let's start at the beginning. Andrew Basiago is a guy who claims that he's a time traveler. And <laughs> he's been able to teleport as well to different uh, points in time and to Mars and things of that nature, to see Mars colonies, uh, to look back at, say, the Gettysburg Address, which we're going to get to in a little while, even back to the crucifixion of Jesus, which oh, he talked about. Oh, he saw about. Jesus? Really? And so I don't think we have sound of that one, but that's something <laughs> that I came across myself. You don't have sound of Jesus? No, no, I don't. So this guy claims that he was part of a super secret government program that uh, derived technology from Nikola Tesla, who we all know and love. And it is said, um, and maybe we'll do an episode on Tesla in the future, but it's said, I don't know if you've heard this, Karen, when Tesla died, he was bas- his technology was basically buried by big government and big companies who didn't want all this free energy out there that he found out. You can't have out. free electricity no, for all, no, at all times. No, of course not. Why not? Why not make the world a better place? So he basically was buried in all his patents and lost a bunch of money and things like that, had his technology stolen from him. And when he died at the hotel apartment that he was in, or hotel, I forget which one, uh, the government, so they say, government agents came in and took all his papers out of his room. And so the story goes that, at least how Andrew Basiago tells the story, that the government derived this uh, technology of time travel, so to speak, from Tesla's papers. And they were able to figure out how to do all this from his technology and everything in his secret papers that people to this day still don't know what he had written on those papers that were recovered after his death. We do know that there were papers and no one knows where they are. The dog ate him. Yeah, I guess so. But so tell us about Project Pegasus. So this is <laughs> so Project Pegasus um, basically is the the whole thing really from the government that wanted to use time travel to their advantage, right? To go back and and look at certain periods in time in history, or to you know maybe try to change things, whatever it might be. And they took certain people. Now, Andrew Basiago's dad worked for the government. So if you're wondering, why this guy? Why would they choose him? He talks about being chosen as a kid. Uh, Right. So his dad was already a high-ranking official within the U.S. government at this time, which is you're talking back in, I want to say, the 70s and the 60s. Um, And he even traveled through the 80s and things like that. But when he was a kid, it was more around the time of the 60s when he claims this was happening. Yeah, here's Basiago. Is he related to the Bellagio? I don't believe so. Now, today I'm going to focus on 
my experiences, not as a child in Project Pegasus, but when I was at UCLA as an undergraduate in the early 1980s, and I was involved, I was basically recalled into government service as one of the college-aged uh, chrononauts attached to the CIA's jump room program. There you go. So, a lot there in that one clip. <laughs> now, number one, this was created back in the 70s, allegedly. Um, and they used children, according to Basiago, in their experiments because they could adapt well to the, quote, strains of moving between past, present, and future. Now, that's not to say they didn't use adults because they did. Basiago's dad being one of them, which uh, we'll get to that story in a little while. By the way, he said he would be tortured if he talked about this right. with those people who didn't need to know, but we have a need to know. We do have a need to know. And just to give you a little more background on him, um, he's a guy that is actually an attorney. Right? In New York, I believe. Or in the state of Washington, I think it is. But anyway, he's an attorney. <laughs> and so he's done all right for himself. It's not like he's just some guy looking for it's money. some Joe Schmo. Right, exactly. And by the way, they've had to develop a whole new wing of the legal jurisprudence common law of the world to associate with aliens that are on Earth. Because how would you sue an alien <laughs> in, in regular court. Yeah, so that's a whole different uh, subject, too. I, I, I don't know. But so this is a guy, again, that's, you know, is pretty high-powered attorney. Um, and he actually ran for president in the 2016 election. I didn't know yes, that. Yes, he did. And uh, so he was actually asked about... Well, he already knew President Obama. Well, it's well, and we're going to get to that as well. Because um, he was actually asked about... Uh, Trump and Clinton, who, of course, he was running against in 2016, when Trump won in, in 16. And he says that his dad told him that there was no mention of Hillary Clinton becoming president in the future. But he did remember hearing his dad talk about Trump being president in the future. Really? Yes. Oh, that's so interesting. Yes. So it's it's very odd stuff. Um, huh. So he did get into the, you know some politics and was trying to run for president on this platform that he wanted to disclose the truth to the American public about all of these different things that we've been doing with time travel and space travel and alien civilizations. And they're still counting the ballots for him. Or yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess <laughs> things didn't go well for Apparently. old Andrew there on the presidential side. But he does have a proud moment of his time. In this whole thing, especially when he was on Mars. My proudest moment on Mars was when I walked out of the jumping facility called the Corkscrew because of its conical or conch shell shape. And uh, I saw a great ET, a great, uh, one of the Martian humanoids that looks like a great ET up on the roof observing us. And because of our training there under Ed Danes, where we were taught how to yell something kind of in an abbreviated way to give a fellow team member an understanding of what you had just encountered. I yelled, court, bread, a grave, on the roof, observing us. So that was my, my proudest operational <laughs> moment, because it was exactly what we've been instructed in terms of this staccato kind of informing of your teammates. Because if you didn't do that, you might suddenly find one of them being swept away by a dinosaur-like creature 12 to 16 feet tall. Oh, that's the plesiosaurus. He's talking about the dinosaur-like creature, which, again, you can see the picture on 850 WFTL on the UAP blog. Um. Yes. <laughs> so again, look, look, this guy, here's the thing that strikes me interesting about him. Wow. He's very detailed. Yes, he is. You know? Yes. And that lends to his credibility. Right. Well, 
I guess, again, that's up to you. But this is something that, you know, you talked about Project Pegasus. He's talking about chrononauts. I'll explain that a little Look, bit more, too. crazy man on the radio. <laughs> He's talking about uh, Project Pegasus, which, which we mentioned, was supposedly something that started in the 70s from DARPA. Now, DARPA is the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. And they were supposedly the ones who created this uh, experiment called Project Pegasus. And the whole point of it was to work on teleportation and time travel. So they basically look for uh, kids between the ages of 7 and 12 to, to participate in this. And then, you know, you stay in it, I guess, as you get older, um, as, as time goes on. Yeah, he talks about, this is uh, attorney Andrew Basiago, and he's claiming a secret government program called Project Pegasus sent him back in time to like Gettysburg in 1863, where he was photographed. Do we have that? Do we have a picture of him in, in Gettysburg that we can put up? It's funny you say that, Karen. <laughs> yes, we do. Yay. Actually, you should see it um, on the cover photo. So when you go to 850WFTL.com and search for the UAP blog, you'll see this picture that Andrew Basiago talks about when he went back to Gettysburg. He says he's the boy dressed in uh, the, the Union clothes. He called himself a, a bugle boy. Oh. And they sent him back to Gettysburg basically to observe President Lincoln's address. So when you, address. when you, pardon me, when you time travel... Do you look the same as you do now, then? Well, actually, it's funny you say that. So he uh, explains at different points where, because he says he went to Gettysburg five or six times, is his claim. And he actually ran into himself multiple times, he says. (laughs) so Pardon me. And he he said they sent his dad there as well, and he didn't know his dad was coming. And when he asked his dad, like, hey, what are you doing here? His dad had to kind of like play, you know, coy about it and be like, oh, I don't know who you are. This is like Marty from Back to the Future who almost- It's insane. Yeah. Prevented himself from being born. Yeah, this stuff is- is crazy, right? So I don't know. I guess it's not like how Doc says in Back to the Future, where he'll create a rip and you know time space fabric and destroy the whole universe. But well, he explains time loops here. Okay. I was officially brought in in the fall of 1969. I was involved in different forms of time travel until the end of the summer of 1972, when I was nearing age 11. And during those four years, I had four hidden summers in New Mexico as a result of teleporting there, spending time there, involved in secret project activities, and then teleporting back to New Jersey, arriving on the afternoon of the day I had originally left. So the timeline here is somewhat convoluted because they were using time loops to create places where we would do secret work for the Defense Department and then collapse those time loops by having us teleport back to the day we left on the East Coast. It's, look, I know... I know. Okay. Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna teleport back an hour this weekend. <laughs> oh, are you? Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah. the fall back. That's true. It's look. It sounds wild. It sounds kooky. I I understand that, and it sounds a little bit hard to follow, even. But it, you're talking about a guy that. Why lie about this stuff? I guess. I mean, just for notoriety to sell books. I mean, sure, you can profit off of it. You know, but I think he believes it. It I, sure sounds like he does. It's possible that he is delusional. And sure. maybe as a kid, he thought he was teleporting back and forth and he has all these memories. I don't know. Or maybe he really did. But he also claims that then at that time, a 19 year old Barack Obama who went by the name of Barry Sartoro. Yes. Was with him. I would also note that we're living in a time that one of my fellow jumpers in the Mars Jumper program of the early 1980s 
uh, a same age peer by the name of Barack Obama, who's currently clearly president of the United States. Now, obviously, this is an older clip. Yeah. Um, so he's talking about, okay, again, Bear with us here. So this guy, let's recap, shall we? Because this has such been a, a, a so heavy subject. So he's on subject. Mars with Barry? He's on Mars with Barack Obama, who was Barry Sotoro at that time. Um, he remembers meeting him, says he was a nice kid and things like that. And they were on Mars together, basically in these bunkers, in these barracks, so to speak, to you know do different experiments. Was Matt Damon there growing potatoes? He may or may not have. He didn't mention. I'm not sure. So he, but the this Martian. Is, yes. So this is what he describes. Again, it sounds crazy, but this is what he describes. Um, and he says again, just to recap, DARPA, the one of the defense agencies, creates Project Pegasus in the late '60s, early '70s. He becomes part of it. They look for kids seven to twelve because they can handle the strains of time travel better, I suppose. I see. Yes. And then from there, they send him to Gettysburg. They send him to all these different places. He even describes going to Ford's Theater on multiple occasions. Oh, with Lincoln. On the night that Lincoln was shot to witness the assassination. So these are all things that, according to him, the government DARPA agency was using teleportation and time travel to basically gain knowledge of the past present and future. He said that he was a part of a group of 10 young adults, including Obama in the Mars training class at some California college. How do you say that? Siskiyusis Couscous? Something like that. Yeah. In 1980. (laughs) And they were chosen to travel to Mars via top secret teleportation jump room. And by the way, he also says that for some odd reason, nobody reported that Obama was part of it. And we don't know really anything about him as a result of the sealing of his records. And despite the hundreds of radio interviews I've done and the numerous public appearances, there has been no mainstream journalistic attention focused on um, President Obama's service in the jump room program. Again, I know this sounds crazy, but this guy has been, Karen, I'm telling you, he's been like claiming this stuff since 2004. He ran for president. He did. Why is no one covering him? Well, that's why we are. <laughs> exactly. Leave it up to us, the crack team of Karen Curtis and Stephen Diener on UAP. That's what we're here for. But he's, this is a guy, again, who has been claiming these stories, unchanged details, for 17 years going on now. Describe the teleporter that they used. I mean, so they didn't just beam up like on Star Trek. They used an actual physical elliptical type thing. Yes, I'm glad you said that. So going back to Tesla, basically what they're saying here is when they found Tesla's uh, papers in 1943, in January of 1943, after his death, they, again, used the derived it from his papers when they created this technology. So the teleporter consisted of two gray elliptical booms, they call it. Uh, about eight feet tall. So it's like in the fly with Jeff Goldblum? Yeah, kind of. Where If you think about uh, the famous picture of Tesla sitting in between the giant static towers, where he's like sitting in the chair yes. with his legs crossed. Think about something like that. Okay. And so there's they're, they're eight feet tall, and they're separated by about ten feet. So okay. between those, there's a shimmering curtain, as Basiago describes it, of what Tesla called radiant energy. Oh, cool. Was being broadcast between these two elliptical booms. Now, Basiago says that radiant energy is a form of energy that Tesla discovered and that it's latent and pervasive in the universe and has among its properties the capacity to bend time-space. So, 
That's interesting. It's not dark matter, though. No. So this is something, you know, how, again, back to the future, the flux capacitor is what makes time travel possible. In this case, it's radiant energy that makes time travel possible because it allows you to bend time space according I guess the Tesla's papers that people never got to see because they were confiscated after his death. So again, this is all depending on what you want to believe, but this is a guy who goes into great detail and has gone into this detail. This is an important note to mention, has kept this detail for 17 years. These stories are unchanged. So, you know, he claims that these claims are supported by Alfred uh, Weber. Mm-hmm. He's a lawyer also. Also a lawyer. That specializes in exopolitics right. or political implications surrounding an extraterrestrial presence on Earth, as I was talking about before. So that's kind of interesting. The new legal implications not covered by common law or current jurisprudence. There's actually people that are specializing in this. Yeah, and this guy says, uh, Alfred Weber says that teleportation and time travel have been around for 40 years, which kind of matches with the time frame here, Um, even going back 50 years in the time frame we're talking about. But he says that they're hoarded by the Defense Department instead of being used to transfer you know, goods and services. How great would it be? Look, we're, look at the, the supply stuff that we're going the through right now. The supply chain crisis. issues would be solved. How about that? How nice would that be to just be able to teleport all these you know, supplies and goods throughout the country and throughout the world instead of having you know, ships jammed up at a, you know, a cargo hold? It seems like if this is all true, they just don't want us to succeed you know, because we would be able to have, as Tesla projected, free energy right and we would be able to move stuff around who was the guy that we had we talked about before yes. who was teleporting all around to these different bases that's right so i think you're thinking about valiant thor no not him the oh, okay. other guy with the missing fingers oh our buddy uh, philip schneider yes 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 and so we've we've talked about this different type of stuff before if you want to hear, learn about philip schneider you can go back to one of the i think within the first five or six yep. episodes is the dulce base wars Again, one of the the best episodes in my book that we've Me ever done. Too. My favorite. Um, and then, of course, the Valiant Thor. That was a, a few weeks ago. When that was supposedly an alien who was working in the Pentagon that tried to give the technology to the U.S. government and to the world that would make the world a better place yeah. and help to bring about like, world no. peace. Supposedly, they're like, no, we're good because we want to keep the power <laughs> in our hands. So, look, these are all things that kind of tie together in past episodes that we've done. But And that's the, the thing that I find intriguing about this, Karen. We've done all these different subjects, different people, different time periods, different stories, but they all have the same theme. They all come back to the same thing, they right? Do. Yeah. Philip Schneider. They have a common thread. Yes. Philip Schneider with the Dulce Base, War, Base Wars talked about how there's all this advanced technology that you know government doesn't want us to know about. Then you talk about Valiant Thor, try to give technology to the world. It says he's from Venus and they don't want all this technology. Intervenus, inside. Not- That's right. Inside Venus. Inside Venus. Yes. A Venetian, as they call them. And then and then you have this story here with Andrew Basciago talking about, and, and, and his buddy Alfred Weber, how they've had this technology for 40, 50 years, but they don't want to give it out to the public because the Defense Department uses it for their own purposes. So... Different stories, different time periods, different people, same type of theme. Government wants to keep control. And it just, I hope it's not true. Like this stuff, this story is so interesting and so intriguing to me. But in the back of my head, I'm thinking to myself, I honestly, there's a part of me that doesn't want this to be true. Because if it is, that means this technology is out there and no one's getting to use it for their own good throughout the world. You know, people believe that there's actually cures for cancer already. There's all kinds of these types of conspiracy theories that 
we have we've had the power all along to do all these things. Now again, though, maybe they, it would be used for evil. I mean, could you imagine just some guy in the street being able to teleport and try to change history somewhere or? change the future if we I could mean, all teleport it'd be a mess oh my gosh be running into each other in if time we're space running into ourselves each other like me running into me no we'd be texting and teleporting oh, no. <laughs> it would be it would be a mess maybe we're better off not having this stuff i don't know but it is it's it's fascinating isn't it i mean to think about these stories these claims that basiago makes that these programs through DARPA, through Project Pegasus, have been around for 40, 50 years where they're teleporting. Well, see, there's just no way to police it. No. And this guy with his exopolitics, I mean, there's just no law that can help you to control all of this. I mean, he's talking about going to Gettysburg. Again, he says, he has the picture and says it's him as a child. Now, whether or not we have no way to know that's true. I have a picture with Elvis. Yeah, I mean, we don't know if that's true. From last week. The the, the, the picture is on 850WFTL.com on the UAP blog. You can see it, um, as well as the plesiosaurus (laughs) that he says is a creature on Mars. Look, a plesiosaur. It's... It's hard to know what to make of this one. It's such a fantastic story with incredible details. But again, that's the thing, and I keep repeating it. This is a guy who has given the same details. He's written books about it. He's given the same details for 17 years, and maybe he's just a really good liar. I don't know. Maybe he's a really good storyteller. But on the other hand, maybe he's telling the truth. Well, yeah, sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. That's and true. the people that know the truth are like, ah, let him talk about it. He sounds like a complete idiot. I, but it could be yeah. true. No, you're right. You're right. And that's maybe one way of th- of them covering up and saying, just let him talk about it, like you said, because no one's going to believe it anyway. So if you wonder why, well, how is he being able to talk about this stuff and he's still alive? Well, because he sounds like a kook. I mean, you're listening <laughs> You're listening along with us. You're thinking the same thing we are. This guy sounds like a crazy person. Yeah, he, does. he does. But maybe he's telling the truth. And that's why we talk about it, because we let you decide. There is one other story, actually, oh, and, Karen. And, that, and President Obama didn't return my call oh, yeah, when that's I tried right. to verify the story. Yes, we did try to get with him about this. There was one other story that um, I wanted to tell you about with him. Oh, please do tell. Oh, I will. So there's actually a story that he tells. And I, I heard the interview. Um, we didn't get sound of this one, so I'll just kind of impart the knowledge to you. He tells a story that he was in a room and they showed him a film now before i tell the whole story let me give a little backstory to the story he explains the word chrononaut now we've heard the word chrononaut a couple of times during the episode he said it during one of his lectures that we were playing earlier it's like a time astronaut yeah exactly chron, chron, yeah and um what they do there's two different forms of time travel that basiago refers to the first one is actually going to the location using radiant energy from the Tesla technology and go bending time and space and going to that location. The second form is using this technology to essentially make a hologram of the past or make a hologram of where you're teleporting to. He describes being on Mars as more of a hologram than actually being on Mars itself. By, by using the technology that they have. So, in this case, in the story that he tells about Jesus' crucifixion, now, to give some background on Basiago himself, he was raised Catholic, but then fell away from Catholicism. So, he's kind of like, you know, in between. He wasn't trying to preach or anything like that or convert he anybody. Saw, he saw Christ. He That's what he claims. So, he says they used the technology of more of a hologram instead of being at the actual crucifixion site in Jerusalem, they used the hologram technology to show and essentially record 
the crucifixion of Jesus. And he says he saw the video, which again, as fantastic and wild as it sounds, he says he saw the video of the crucifixion with his father and one of their friends. And they were basically given this this video, this knowledge of watching this, and he describes it. As the passion of the Christ. Yeah, he describes watching Jesus on the cross um, with the crown of thorns. He said he described the crown of thorns as looking almost like a motorcycle helmet in its size and how it like rested on his head. He described Jesus being punctured with the lance. All the things you hear from the Gospels. He described seeing it in this, I guess, time travel film so to speak and he mentions you know the two people behind jesus you know again from the gospels the 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 thieves who were crucified with jesus at that time and he describes seeing all this and the sky's going dark everything you hear about in the gospels he talked about seeing in this time travel film and then he even talked about that there was a resurrection film that he did not see but that they did have footage through time travel through this technology of jesus so these stories are incredible. <laughs> I wish we did a episode on all the weird uh, kind of stone structures around the world. Yes. I wish he had teleported himself back to figure out how they did Pumapuku and right and all those things the pyramids we talked about. Yeah. And, oh my gosh, Gobekli Tepe. How did they do all that? That would be nice to know, right? Yeah. It's but again, this is something. It's it, what what's intrigued me. And what has intrigued me over the years about this story is, again, of course, the idea of time travel. That intrigues all of us. The idea of teleportation, going to Mars and seeing different creatures and seeing aliens. And the fact that he claims that he was there with Barack Obama as a as a young teen. Well, even Einstein and also, um, to some extent, the father of time, mm-hmm. uh, Hawking, mm-hmm. believe everything is about time. Right. And Einstein has, or had said, anyway, in his theories, that he believed that time travel was possible, maybe through a wormhole, whatever it might be. And he actually went as far, I mean, if you remember the studies of Einstein, where he theorized, and it was just proven to be true within the past decade, I think, that if you travel at light speed, then time moves differently for you. And you don't age. Right. The faster you go, the less you age. The less you age, which goes back to the movie Interstellar with you know that crazy Matthew McConaughey movie that Christopher Nolan directed. Where which I won't get into that whole, that movie was insane, but it's that same theory, which that theory has been proven to be true. So that is time travel to a certain extent, not to what you know, Basiago was talking about, which is actually going to a certain time period where he claims being at the Gettysburg Address and the Ford assassination of Lincoln and all these different things that he's claimed to be at to be a part of and see in person. And of course, being teleported to Mars or at least a hologram of Mars and being at the bases. And he's talked about these, you know, these CIA headquarters, these secret locations where they have these, quote, jump rooms. These are all details. Again, maybe he's just a really smart fiction writer and he's been able to keep these stories in check and not deviate from his details over the past 17 years. But that's hard to do. I mean, at some point you would think over the 17 year of its time span that he's been claiming these things to be true that you would forget some detail or omit something or change something well, by accident. I don't think, I think he believes what happened. So therefore he's lived it somehow in his brain, whether or not it was imagined or not, but mm. he's got the memory. Yeah. 
No, you're right, because if you watch a video of him, and maybe, I don't know, I mean, I maybe we'll have up the video on the UAP blog, because maybe, I mean, you know what, maybe I will do that, because you can be a judge for yourself. When I, I always like to watch people on video to kind of get a feel of their body language, to see how they're uh, structuring their sentences, to look at their eyes, because you can look at somebody's eyes and tell if they're recalling something as they're talking. You're right. You know, like you're talking to your friend and they're telling you, oh man, I got to tell you this story. This happened last night. And when someone's telling you the story, they're usually looking away. They look down, they look up because they're recalling in their mind. Well, that's what makes an actor good. If they can make it seem like their lines are something they're recalling. Right. And not just looking off to the side to cue cards. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, that happens a lot when we tell stories. Think about yourself when you tell a story. You're usually closing your eyes to think about it or you're looking down because you're you're visualizing as you're speaking. You have the images in your mind and recalling it as you're talking. So, and... I kind of noticed that type of body language from Basiago as he spoke. So you be the judge. I'll have the video up on the blog as well um, that you can check out on 850WFTL.com. And look, that's all we ever do here. You be the judge. We give you the stories. We give you the, the details. And you be the judge on whether or not this is something that is uh, is true or not, or could be true anyway. Yeah, I mean, here he is just to remind you. Here's on this image, we have one of the Martian life forms that I call plesiosaurs, because they're very similar to the plesiosaurs that uh, were right on this planet before the KT extinction event. There you go. <laughs> so the plesiosaurus is also on the blog. Photographic evidence. That's what he says. So you can check all that out on 850WFTL.com. And you've probably noticed that you might be thinking, uh, thinking to yourself, wow, they spent a lot of time in this one story. Well, there's a reason for that. Um, this thing was so loaded. Normally, if you've heard any of our other previous episodes, you would know that we'd normally cover about three different stories. And today we realize this story is just completely loaded with unbelievable details that we wanted to devote the entire episode to this one thing. Um, and we're actually going to do that again next week. Yes. Because originally what we wanted to do was include the story of a man named Randy Kramer. He's an American. He spent 17 years deployed on Mars. That's what he says. And his stories as well are just... Well, he was part of the Mars Defense Force. Oh, well, excuse me. Yes. And he talks about all that, how he was part of these this space defense system and 17 years teleportation, uh, fought against aliens, peace treaties, just wild, wild stories. He flew anti-gravity vehicles throughout the solar system, well, Stephen. of course. As part of the Earth Defense Force. How can it be so disrespectful? <laughs> so, again, so now we're going to look at next week devoting the entire episode to Randy Kramer because just like Andrew Basiago, it deserves its own episode because there's so many wild, crazy details that... You'll only get here on UAP. Absolutely. I can't wait. <laughs> I, where do you get this stuff? I, I'll tell you, Karen, I have been looking. There are some things, there are some subjects and stories that I've been sitting on that I c- could not wait to get to. Dulce Base being one of them back in, I think, episode five or six when we did it. This, what we just did today, yeah. and what we can do next week are two of the things that I could not wait to do these episodes at some point. So I'm finally, I'm so happy we're finally at this point. Episode 19 to talk about Andrew Basiago and his time travel claims and radiant energy and Tesla's technology and doing all these crazy things and seeing all these things to now episode 20 next week and talking about Randy Kramer and his wars on Mars. It's incredible stuff. It's very, very exciting. I, I love being along for the ride with you, my friend, on Thank UAP. You. But you can do, do it all again with us next week right here on UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast. 
Cameron Curtis over there, Stephen Diener over here. Make sure to check out all the previous episodes, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us with five extraterrestrial Please. stars. And, of course, check out 850WFTL.com for the UAP blog with all the episodes and pictures of everything we spoke about. And download and subscribe. We would love to have new listeners as well. So tell us your friends about us. Yes, that's right. Thank you to all of you who have, who have been listening and downloading. We appreciate you and do it all again next time. Yeah, Till next time.